0: If you find value in what we do and you'd like to support the podcast, go to coffee.com. That's k o hyphen f i. dot com forward slash alone, or you can go to alonewithinvisiblepeople.com dot com forward slash support us to find out more. Thank you. Hi, I'm Rebecca Gallardo, the host of Alone in a Room with Invisible People. I am here today with author and teacher Holly Lyle. Today's topic is going to be about um the kind of like the a, a chaotic state of of writing and and we are going to get into detail and we'll have a question as well but before we do let's talk about what we did this week.
1: Okay? May I first beat my head on the table a few minutes? <laughs> um this is this was not a great week for me. Um I previously had uh, some severe issues with my tongue, with dysplasia, with a little bit of cancer. Uh, and I had a big chunk of the right side of my tongue removed. Um, and everything cleared up and I was doing pretty well. And then we changed the way we were eating slightly. Uh, we've been eating keto, which has been keeping everything under control very well. And intermittent fasting. And intermittent fasting, yeah. Yeah. Um, and between those, I haven't had any tongue pain or anything. So we started having a one night a week cheat week, and um, within a month of instituting that, I had a very painful lesion under my tongue. And this is also following uh, a bit of
0: cheating over the holidays as well. So it it was yeah. It's it, and this is kind of like a correlation causal ca- causality kind of issue but this is this is really holly is is been very strict about everything so the only thing mm-hmm. that she's seeing going downhill was was the eating
1: you know yeah yeah this, this is actually yeah. only the only thing and the thing is that this is a sugar a glucose fed disorder the dysplasia is fed by glucose and the uh, cancer is fed by glucose. So if you don't have glucose in your bloodstream, which you don't, if you eat keto, you starve it. And I just kind of, I thought, hey, you know, this has been okay for quite a while now. So let's ease up a little bit. And that turns out to be not a good idea. So uh, I lost a few days of the week to that and to just a, a complete mental shutdown, panic. Mode, yeah. Um, you know, thinking about well, what happens if they have to take out the whole tongue? You know, things that you have to think about in this situation, yeah. Um, and then, uh, when we got that taken care of, because as soon as we ate keto within just a couple of days, the, the lesion was gone.
0: Uh, we'll recommend a couple of books The Obesity Code, there. Uh, Dr. Fung also did um, a book on intermittent fasting, and then yeah. there's a... Everything by Jason Fung, yeah. <laughs> Yeah. So, yeah. but we're we're not going to get into, we don't want to make this a discussion about keto is right for everybody. Nothing like that. Right. This is not about the diet. This is just about Holly and what works for her. <laughs> so yeah. yeah
1: and, <laughs> and this was, this was a big deal for me this week because it ate most of my week. And then w- the day that I had that all taken care of and fixed and I was good, I got a few hours of writing done. And the next day, the vertigo came back, and for a number of years, I had just a horrific time with vertigo. Decades. Um, did What? Decades. Decades. Well, yeah, decades, but yeah. <laughs> um, just, just god-awful. And um, there is a thing called the Foster Maneuver, which you can look up on the internet, that fixes it. Uh, it doesn't necessarily fix it instantly, so you might have to work a day or two. So I lost my entire week except for one writing day yeah. <laughs> because of just... Crap. Yeah. But again, this is,
0: you know, something that she is fixing with, you know, because, because her, her diet messed her up. So she's mm-hmm. got to get back to, to eating healthy. So. Oh, I'm back. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, I fasted twice this week already. It's, it's something yeah. that takes a little while to clear out from your system because I'm, yeah. again, it's a causality slash correlation, like which one is it? But I'm thinking that the vertigo came from the, the diet issues because I've noticed that, my depression seems to get a lot
1: worse on days where i have specific mm-hmm. kinds of carbs. Yeah, that really could be too. Yeah. And and i want to mention the intermittent fasting for me is a daily thing. So on the days when i actually fast fast, i go generally around 48 hours without food and sometimes longer than that so you know, we hit this pretty hardcore just because of the potential of bringing back the cancer mm-hmm. but yeah moods and things change drastically when i start eating stuff with actual genuine carbohydrates in it yeah
0: like refined sugars or refined breads or anything like that and again we are not doctors this is not medical advice nope. we do not want any anybody to follow our advice always advise always talk to a doctor and, and you know talk to your trusted doctor get second opinions Again, this illegally, yeah. we have to say, you know, we are not doctors. We are not giving medical advice or dietary and no. nutritional advice. None of that.
1: Yeah. But it is looking up Dr. Jason Fung, who is a doctor yes. and who is a specialist and who is dealing with his stuff for people who have horrible cases of adult onset diabetes, which he has cured, is really worth your time. Yeah. And
0: it's, it's not just for diabetes. It's, it's you know, look it up as far as PCOS and all these other hormonal issues, insulin um, yeah. resistance, that sort of thing. So anyway, getting away from any potential people getting mad that we're pushing anything on them because I promise you <laughs> yeah. we're not. We're just talking about our own personal choices. Yeah. Um, my week was funny enough it was good it's like the weeks where you had such phenomenal weeks I was in this huge slump and I finally I I got over because we didn't talk about what we did last week I took Wednesday off completely out of everything I I lost a very good friend she was my high school friend and we kept in touch all the way until now and I mean we were We were in each other's lives daily for, for God, like a couple of years at a time. And then we would, you know, just talk once a week and then we would get back in each other's lives almost daily. And it was just a friendship that never went away. And every time we talked, it was as if no time had passed. So that really fucked me up. And... I had already been going through a bit of a block with the writing and I just, I, I took an entire day off of everything and I came back and I just like last week I had two days of work and I got six scenes done including two brand new ones that both almost were at a thousand words apiece, And then this week I have gotten seven scenes done. I haven't even worked today. Give that cat a treat, please.
1: That was painfully cute. Yeah, it's yeah.
0: So seven new scenes, and this is actually yeah seven new scenes, and or seven revised, seven revised scenes, but only one of them was new. That is my highlight. So that means that I have been able to pull out six freaking pages or six freaking scenes out of this huge ass pile that is now diminishing. Significantly, oh yes, yeah,
1: yeah, yeah, <laughs> where you can actually see pages that you get to keep.
0: Yeah, and and my oh. my pile, the write-in <laughs> pile, the pile that that has already you know been either they're new or there. There is a lot more white now to that pile, which if you have been following me on Instagram, you you'll know that I use this orangey yellow color for the new scenes, and all of the white scenes are the original manuscript, the first draft. Mm -hmm. So I am seeing a whole lot of more revision pages and it is really, really good news. I also was able to tackle some scenes that were difficult. Yeah, and Mm -hmm. I... (laughs) These cats. I gotta build a (laughs) damn studio, man. Um, But (laughs) it's... I was able to tackle one particular scene that there was just something about it that was wrong. Every time I would come up against it and try to write something, I knew there was something wrong. And I realized that it was, and and this, this actually made me feel really good. So the way I had written it originally was good and it was, and that's a completely different cat. It was, was good. (laughs) Um, and it wasn't horrible. And it it kind of hinted to the reader that there was more going on than what they knew, but it's Mm -hmm. more than I wanted the reader to get. Mm -hmm. So I took it back from even giving them just a a small amount to giving them even less. And just by changing part of who was in the scene, and I was able to... I, I was just so proud of how I was able to make that scene so much better mm-hmm. and scarier and more damaging to <laughs> the protagonist in that scene. And it just, oh man, I was so freaking happy. So I am floored. I am, I am ready to, to just hit the ground running today. I have Nothing else, pretty much, but but Duolingo scheduled, and and this. So I'm trying to learn Italian, and I've done a little bit of that today. I'll do more tonight. But the only other thing I want to do today is just revisions. I'm awesome. Yeah. that's
1: that is a good week. Yeah, yeah, and that's you had a hell of a way to go to get there too. Yeah, that's yeah yeah,
0: and I'm that's awesome. I'm still, and I know that you know I. Uh, it was mentioned, yeah, I know just more cats, it was mentioned in the forums and I wanted to say thank you to everybody who, you know, uh, was reaching out in some fashion to support what I was going through and I appreciate it. Um, but yeah, I, I am very happy to get back to writing and get back to this question. So... Let's read the question. So this is another question from you guys. This is part of our kind of question series where we had asked, um, you know, we we get questions in the forums and we're still answering those and those are great. But there are some questions that people don't want to ask openly or ask in the forums or because Mm -hmm. they just feel it. It. They, they feel afraid. They, they feel self-conscious asking these questions. So this is a question that came in. There is one thing that has been scratching the back of my head for a very long time. It's what has stopped me from moving forward with my epic fantasy. And the problem in my head sounds something like this. But what if they could do this instead? What about if this happened instead of that? And how am I going to fit all of these awesome scenes into one storyline? So I have severe ADHD and that might well be what is causing added trouble for me with indecision. What advice could you give a struggling writer that keeps changing her story because a new shiny idea came along and then gets overwhelmed and loses track of her overall story? The characters stay the same and the theme is mostly the same, but how I make the story play out keeps changing. First, I want to say that we've done a couple of episodes Um, we, we did one with focus issues. So I will link that in the show notes. I also want to say that Holly and I both.
1: I have focus issues. I'm undiagnosed for anything. Yes, undiagnosed,
0: but but I'm pretty (laughs) sure that she's textbook ADHD. I, I was diagnosed with ADD before H came out, (laughs) before they, before they added the hyperactive to it. But I, I, I don't know. So we get this.
1: I went to school in the '60s, so I was just a kid. Yeah, yeah, you were just well, a kid. the '60s and '70s, yes. So,
0: <laughs> yeah. So this is this is something that we have touched on in small amounts and in, in big amounts. This is the, and this is something that a lot of people run into, even if they don't have ADHD or ADD or focus issues that have been diagnosed or focus issues in general, because especially beginning intermediate writers you are flooded with all the opportunities in the world. You are overwhelmed with all of the possibilities and all the ways that your story could go. So, yeah, you're just basically overwhelmed with all of the possibilities, and you don't have to have ADHD, but it doesn't help.
1: (laughs) It doesn't. (laughs) Okay, but let's look at this. Um, Every story is an infinite number of possibilities from which you have to pick the best ones part of this is coming up with some best ones as you start part of it is going to be selecting some better ones as you revise some of them some of this is the process of having gone through the selection and the revision, and then doing a type-in in which you come up with the last of it. So you don't have, there is not this one point where you have to have this right. But what you do need to do is make one straight shot through with each version so that you're not, you're not running off the rails every single time you go through. So <sighs> we can kind of give an example of this. Yeah. Um, oh well, we can we can give an example of this where I did it right, and that's Dead Man's Party. The first draft of it, the ideas kept changing because that was a case that was me demonstrating pantsing with a parachute, where you are coming up with ideas as you're going along. You're writing. I was writing um, one hour a week. I wrote the novel in thirty hours and thirty weeks, or right around there, and each time. I had, in the, in the preceding week, come up with a slightly better idea for what I needed for the next scene. So the book at the end was very, very different than the book at the beginning. The entire world had changed. The characters had changed significantly. And um, it was a very good example of a pants novel that ended where it needed to end. I mean, the ending for it was perfect. Yeah, Uh, The beginning was completely wrong. And the stuff in the middle got progressively better. If you are a pantser, this is a good way to do it with the understanding that revision is going to be a bitch. Um, Because at least for the first half, You are going to be rethinking every single scene, checking your world, checking your characters, Mm -hmm. finding out all the places where you went wrong, and there will be a lot of them. But with the really happy thought that the closer you get to the end, the closer you're probably going to get to having very few changes at all. Yeah, yeah. Um, Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, where are you coming from on this? I ran into that with,
0: um, the second book set in Wanda Lucia, the one that is Brock and Angie that I have not edited or, or not have not revised, and um, the 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 antagonist kept switching between three characters. <laughs> so I I and I also I kept adding little things. So it it was like okay well what if this happens? So I would change it, and then I would just think okay well actually this one's better. So I would change it back, and then. I would think, no, 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 wait. The other way that I came up with before is better. So in the book, I kept changing over and over and over again, and it would write as this one or write as that one. And the ending I got was really good, but it just makes the revision. It means I'm going to have to (laughs) go back. It's more work, but I did get the best ending by kind of allowing myself to run through different ways of doing things. There's also... Okay, well, let's let's get into this, though.
1: Right, right. So there are a bunch of things that you can do. Um, what you're wanting to do is keep the story on track while fighting shiny new ideas. Um, so the, first, first off, you get the rule of thumb. Don't go back and change anything. Yeah. Never go back and change anything. First draft, once it's on the page, that's it. You're done with it leave it alone once you've once that scene is done pretty much i mean you can
0: go back Mm -hmm. and and change things while you're writing it but the idea and this is why i print my scenes out the idea is to leave what you've written alone because Mm -hmm. you don't know what you're going to have to change
1: right so you know print your stuff out at the end of the day and once it's in print it's done yeah
0: and just start from that level so that's that's the the first part of
1: dealing with shiny new right stuff the second is to come up with a story sentence per scene and this is protagonist versus antagonist in setting oh it, with a twist right yeah and the best way to
0: remember that is packs uh protagonist mm-hmm. antagonist uh conflict, conflict
1: twist and setting it's right packs it's yeah. You know, just yes. Easy. Yeah, yeah. Like we, we are forming pacts with ourselves. Yes. Yes. <laughs> and yeah. Um, and y- when you are writing down this sentence, you're going to keep it to around thirty words, and it's going to be something like um, uh, angry husband uh, steals wife's cat um, oh, in the in. They're soon to be sold home um, to instigate the divorce. Yeah. And that might be more than dirty words or whatever, but she had to come up with it on the spot. So (laughs) yeah, I wasn't counting and that was just off the top of my head with even no idea. Yeah, And then
0: you can go back through and you can narrow it down and clean it up. But so like defining what that scene is about is really important. Like Holly's saying, so you need to know what you need to write about, but I want to say something real quick. Um, Mm -hmm. that goes to the shiny ideas and the better ideas and the don't, two things, a, don't ever dismiss the ideas that are coming from your muse. Don't shut them down. Don't say that's stupid or I can't do that or anything like that. Like acknowledge that those ideas are valid because that side of your brain, the right side is the creative side and it is very tender. Like Holly has said many times, it's it's like a child and the more you push negativity on it, the more it's going to shut down subconsciously. Mm So always mm-hmm. acknowledge that those ideas are valid and good, even if it's the most ridiculous thing that your muse could have ever come up with, if this is a real small town As romance. As your editor
1: defines it. Yes, yes. Well, The, the left brain, yeah. the left brain editor can say, that's stupid. You don't let the right brain hear that.
0: Yeah, yeah. You you say, well, you know, left brain, get you'll get your chance in revision. But even if you're writing a small town romance and it's it's set in a common day, regular world and the muse wants to put in aliens, don't dismiss it. Just... Acknowledge that that's an idea, and you can sit there. And part the the B part of this question, uh part that I want to say is, if you really really like these ideas, write them down. Just write mm-hmm. down these ideas that you're having because you can always use them later for something else, even if it's in the same series. Don't that's another way to respect the muse is to say you are valid you are worthy you are you know it's it's I I care about my creative process so I'm going to write these ideas down and it
1: solidifies them yeah and to have a notebook sitting beside you on the desk that allows you To have a place to put these ideas and keep them and to show respect for the idea in that fashion by saying, okay, it isn't right for what I'm trying to do right now, but it's going to go in this notebook and I am going to go back and consider using it later for either this story later in the story or for another story later, Yeah. but I have to let it go now because this idea right now is distracting me from the scene I need to write right now. Yeah. Yeah. So you don't lose anything.
0: Exactly. If so, there's the two different ways to handle it is Holly's way or, well, anybody's way. It depends on how valid the idea is, too, um, is to change the story right where you are and act as if the rest of the story has been written to fit that change and then move forward or Mm -hmm. this other way to write down the idea because you're just not sure enough if that's going to be better. So then you would write it down and then continue back into the scene with the packs. So let's get mm-hmm. back to, to that sentence, the story sentence for
1: that scene. So the important thing you want with the story sentence, or with the scene sentence rather, mm-hmm. because you hope to have also a story sentence, something that defines the overall idea of the book. The conflict, again protagonist, antagonist, conflict, setting, and twist. You want all five of them in one sentence, 30 words, and you want it to just define the basic story of the book. Yeah. But then you want to go in and you want to say, okay, well, within this, um, within my story sentence, sorry, my scene sentence, um, what do I want to, the big change what do I want to see really happen and make sure that it matters make sure that you you care about both of the characters in the scene and 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 let me define care here care is not always like sometimes you care about them by hating them yeah (laughs) you know they matter they're evil they're going to do something awful to the character you really like but you care by God Yeah. You care what happens. Yeah. And that you have to have some emotion tied up in this. You have to be invested in what you're writing. Yeah,
0: including the villain because you care about him getting justice or you care about him being, you know, getting what he deserves in the end.
1: Mm Mm-hmm. But what you are working on here is avoiding a bait and switch where you go into the story with one idea and then in the middle of the scene you allow yourself to be derailed by this new and shiny idea that doesn't fit the scene you're writing that's one of those scenes you write in the notebook you let it go you say okay well that's really cool but for later because right now I'm writing this scene and I already know where this scene is going okay so that's gonna take us to the second thing okay and the second thing you do is you define your love I have love in my little little set of notes here double underlined it's a passionate thing and um, these are the candy bar scenes you can't wait to write. And I, I don't know that we've talked a whole lot about candy bar scenes in the podcast before. Let's do a few minutes on candy bar scenes here, where with the book, you have in your mind a couple of big set pieces, a couple of things that when you came up with the story idea, you could imagine your character crashing her flying castle into the neighbor's moat. You know, that's just something you are dying to write, man. Your your fingers are itching. You're, you're holding that in place. So you make sure that you have somewhere in your little line for scene outline, even if most of it is blank, even if mostly you're just pantsing this along, somewhere in the middle of the story, you know that you want that scene in there where she crashes her flying castle into the neighbor's mode
0: yeah these these are the scenes that make you want to write the book in the first place these are the these are the scenes where you maybe were watching something or reading something and you thought oh i could do i could do so much i could do that better or or something gave you an idea and it it it's what made you want to write the scene in the first place or maybe you just love the genre and there's so many tropes that you want to take and turn on their heads and you've got mm-hmm. all these scene ideas ideally the more candy bar scenes you have for a book uh the the more passion you're going to have for that for those scenes and for that book in general
1: yeah absolutely Okay, so now you've got your candy bar scenes in your head and you've got them somewhere in your little line for scene outline, no matter how sparse it is. Now you're looking at the characters you need to see to the end. Now this is, you hope going to be your main character. Obviously, this is the character you love the most. This is the character you are going to hurt the most. This is the character who is going to suffer the most. But this isn't the only character in the book. And the other characters in the book, you also need to give a shit about. One can be the the character that you put in there because it is the person you had this mammoth crush on in school who treated you horribly or who moved away And you were so in love with this person. And this person moved away when you found out that he or she liked you. And then all of a sudden, this person is gone. And in your book, you're going to make that romance work out. (laughs) You know, it's this stuff from your life that you pull in and that you have ties to. And you know that you want to throw it in there. And again, this is not something that is necessarily going to be... um, You know, everything you have planned out in advance, a lot of it is just going to pop up, but it's going to fit within these bigger ideas that you have, that this is the reason why I want to write this protagonist. This is the reason why I want to write this love interest. This is the reason why I want to write this villain. It's because you have these personal ties to them and those threads need to continue from the very first part of the story through to the very last, no matter how the story changes. Mm -hmm. All right. Do you have anything you want to add to that?
0: It's all about the reason why you're writing it in the first place. And the more defined that is, the easier it is going to be to stick to that reason instead of Mm -hmm. jumping at all the shiny different things. It's, it's something that you get better at with time and practice and experience. So the more that you learn to fight and the more that you learn to define what it is that you're actually trying to write, the the easier it will be to recognize the shiny things for distractions or the shiny things for genuinely good ideas and it sucks. Absolutely. Yeah, it sucks to say that, you know, time and experience is, is going to make this easier because the, there's only one way to get time and experience <laughs> it's to to put the time in.
1: Yeah, it's to put the time in, but it's also to finish the stuff you start. Yeah, absolutely. Because you are going to go off the rails a lot when you get started. Mm-hmm. But the more you finish and then revise cannot stress that highly enough the more you finish in first draft and then after it has finished and after it has cooled you go through and revise it the more you will learn how to keep the parts of the story that mattered to you in the story and not have them get frittered away by the shiny new idea
0: it's also it also shows that you have the ability to once that's done start on another idea it shows that you don't have to put everything in the kitchen sink and two kitchen sinks and (laughs) to the one story you you'll have a chance to write another one and another one and another one and use all of these amazing ideas eventually
1: yeah i'd like to say something here people mistake ideas as being valuable the ideas are not worth shit and everybody has ideas everybody has millions of ideas the only ideas that are the ca- that count are the ones you actually use and to and you will have ideas you will have so many ideas and the more you write the more ideas you will have and the more stuff will keep coming at you and but it will get tighter and better yeah frequently i mean your 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 ideas your understanding of what good ideas are get better um, you stop trying to write Quakers in space, which was one of the things I killed a couple of editors with. Uh, can't say that I'm proud of that, but boy, I did. Yeah, there's a lot
0: <laughs> of ideas that get thrown at you and and that your muse comes up with. And, and they get more frequent and they get more defined and they get better. And sometimes the UFO... Uh, the, pops into your romance still you know you're still not gonna have you know all gems but (laughs)
1: yes it's oh yeah well that's what revision is for yeah because sometimes stuff will appear in there and you'll go what was i
0: thinking but it's 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 exactly that is that these ideas if they are really really solid ideas they'll come back stronger they'll come back better Mm -hmm. defined and like Holly's saying, anybody can have an idea. Everybody on the planet thinks their idea is going to be big. It's going to be huge. It's going to be the next thing, especially the people who don't write. The people who <laughs> write are the ones that realize it's all about many ideas. It's all about yeah doing something with these ideas, creating things, getting new ideas every single day, every, you know, it's... Every, every couple of minutes. Yeah. Man, they just ping these ideas all over the place it's doing
1: something with them it's it's what you create with those ideas yeah yeah ideas are cheap sweat and and butt in seat are expensive yeah yeah we've identified that you need to know your candy bar scenes or at least a few you need to have a couple of important scenes that you know you want to write set up ahead of time you need to know why you love the characters you're putting in there or why you hate them and then You need to know the conflict that you need to see resolved, whether this is going to be a passionate romance with just massive obstacles in the middle, or the solution to a mystery that keeps you hanging on your seat as you're writing it, or this this scary horror novel where you scare the crap out of everybody. You need to know what conflict is in there that you just have to write. Um, and those are defining your love. Okay. So you have anything else you want to add on that? The, the last
0: one, um, read that point again, the third one.
1: Okay. The conflict that you need to see resolved, why the story matters to you. Yeah.
0: And, and Holly was saying like this mystery that you need to solve, you can go into the mystery of the book, which could be A romance. It could that I like the idea of the mystery of the book. It's it's like how is this going to happen, and maybe Mm -hmm. you already know, but it has to excite you. That's something that I really wanted to say. Is is the mystery of the book, the conflict of the book, is why is also why you're writing it. It could be the like you already know all of the little details. You already know how everything is going to work out, but you're still excited to write it. Mm -hmm. You, You don't want to go into this thing. Already knowing a lot of the things that are going to happen and be bored with it, you, right? That's that's going to be a red flag. That okay, well, I need to to figure out how to make this exciting.
1: Mm-hmm. And if you if you are willing to go into the conflicts, and figure out how to ch- change what happens with the characters, change how the characters think, change how the story thinks the, yeah. the conflicts go the yeah yeah the, the candy bar scenes as long as you have some anchors in there so that you have a basic idea for where the story goes you are much less likely to get buried in an over outlined thing where you've already told the story and you don't want to tell it again well
0: it's not even that it's it's you're less likely to because this is about getting distracted you're less mm-hmm. likely to
1: get distracted if there's there, Yes, there's that too, is that you have a couple of solid anchor points that you know, well, okay, this idea, if I do that, I'm going to lose my candy bar scene because this is going to take the story in a direction away from this thing that I have been writing towards and that I still want to hit. If you're bored with the idea,
0: you're going to get distracted a lot more. Or if you're okay with the idea, you're, all of the shiny things in the world are going to distract you and you're just going to get pulled off. So make sure that you're starting from a foundation of excitement.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Make sure that what you're writing matters to you. Okay. We go to the third big point of this, which is build in places to surprise yourself. Yeah. Okay. And this is where I have my most fun. It's also where I can really go off the rails sometimes, but I almost always get something I can keep out of it. Even when I go off the rails, sometimes it's the genesis of a new book. So this is a worthwhile process that I swear by. Leave some parts of your outline open. Just don't fill out every scene in advance and have every single one rigidly plotted out. Leave some little blanks in there, some little things where you are willing to allow some secondary characters to show up as walk ons, um, where you are allowed to have your main character suddenly have a friend drop out of the sky from, you know, from 20 years ago. And you didn't know this, you you have no idea who this person is. And all of a sudden this person is in the book and you go, okay, all right, I'll follow this for a little while and see what's going to happen here and, and why this old boyfriend is suddenly in the story when I thought I had the whole relationship thing hammered out.
0: With the surprises, Holly has this... Um term for t- toys on the floor that you can find that's in the how to revise your novel class again I'll will put that link in the show notes um but the 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 thing is that's part of the joy of of writing is when your muse surprises the shit out of you and it's like I just talked about the scene that I couldn't figure out um that I in what we did this week I <laughs> allowed myself and this is in revision but you can do it when you're writing too i allowed myself the ability to look at this and and be willing to change everything about it and all i needed was was a a i can't can't give away too much but right all i needed was this one little change that shifted a lot of shit in the book and it it's when I was writing the book I allowed myself to change anything like I thought the book when it first started was very 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 different and I allowed myself as I went through to change things here and there and to to follow the threads like you're talking about and the surprises made for a better book allowing myself to to leave it open for the muse gave me deeper characters, gave me richer experiences, gave me more surprises. And I had to cut a few things that I, I genuinely liked, Oh yeah. but I wrote those down and I'll use them in another book. I am going with what I have here because if you streamline something and you don't put all of the little things and all of the little, th- and, and you don't cling to something. And say, no, goddammit, I like that. I want it in this book, <laughs> even though it doesn't fit, then you you preserve that moment for another book and and you preserve the integrity of this book or story. Yeah.
1: yeah, that is that is very well said. so okay, so then the third part of this, of of building in places to surprise yourself, you you leave some parts of your outline open. You allow some secondary, some secondary characters their own places to come in as walk-ons, and then you don't plan second-story endings. And this is when you have uh, a thread with a two best friends, and that's not the main story. the The thread thread is the main character uh, and the romance and the second story is the main character and the best friend who's having a really hard time with her life. So
0: like don't don't plan subplot endings.
1: Right, exactly. You don't you don't give that a solid ending because you let that story evolve on its own and you kind of weave it as you're building since you don't have this one completely planned out. You kind of use the little surprises you're coming up with. The main story to bounce things off of with the second story, the, the subplot. And you, you pull things from the two so that they, they seem like they were planned because they all fit together. And if you plan, then they're going to crash and they're not going to fit together. And you're going to struggle to make the stories continue on the same on the same path. Yeah,
0: you could risk losing really good genuine new stuff that will he got to trust your muse because mm-hmm. it doesn't seem like it knows what it's doing, but it it genuinely picks up on stuff that you subconsciously you're picking shit up that you don't realize you're doing it. And you could end up writing something that feels very stiff, very obvious, very forced whereas if you're going to leave it open and pick up on these little things and just like Holly is saying, let it, let it feed off itself. There's going to be a lot more depth in the character and the story and the scenes and the twists and, and there's going to be a lot more joy.
1: Yes, absolutely. I'm going to drop back to my Dead Man's Party example, because I, as if you have been following the podcast, you know that this is a book that I abandoned uh, halfway through the revision because I discovered that I was not the right person to write it. I got the right ending in the first draft. This was a, a pantsed with a parachute novel. So the, I, I was way off on the beginning. I found myself in the right spot by the time I hit the midpoint, but in doing so I discovered that the villain was not a villain that I was willing to write. This was not something that I was willing to be that person and put that guy on the stage. It was just way too dark for me. But I nailed the ending, but because of following these things that I outlined here, by allowing myself to follow the changes, I got a great ending for the damn book. It's it's just not going to be. The middle is not something I can write. Yeah. <laughs> So and there will be some times when that happens too. Nobody keeps everything they write. There are a lot of times when you run something up the flagpole and give it a, give it a shot to see who salutes and you discover it's not going to be you. I have a lot of unfinished or or first vi- first draft but no revisions novels on my hard drive. Yeah. Um but I have a lot more just be- that I've actually finished. Just because you
0: can <laughs> doesn't mean you should. Yeah.
1: Yes, exactly.
0: Yeah. So yeah. was there another part to this or is that? No. Okay. So we're at the takeaway no. then. We are
1: at the takeaway.
0: Okay. So before we get to the takeaway, I just want to remind you guys that you can follow us on the socials. That is Alone in a Room with Invisible People on Facebook at A-I-A-R-W-I-P on Twitter at Alone with Invisible People on Instagram and Alone with Invisible People dot is our website. <laughs> and this is you think after <laughs> almost 90 episodes I'd get this shit right yeah. but it's just so <laughs> weird. Um if you would like to support the podcast you can share, you can subscribe, you can like our episodes on different pod podcast apps you can come into the forums be a part of the community that's hollyswritingclasses.com you get a free flash fiction that doesn't suck course that is a three-week mm-hmm. course and if you do all the work and put work into it and revise you can have a saleable product by the end of the um, course which you know uh, we've, we've got a lot of examples in the forums of people who have done that yes
1: and I'd like to say too that it is really really fun to see your manuscripts on instagram uh, to see pictures of your your the stuff that you're making. Yeah, if
0: you're using one of our downloads from this website, tag us in it. If you're writing something, tag us in it. If you listen to an episode and you felt really passionate about something that we were talking about or we helped you, tag us and let us know. This it it's so much fun. It, there's so much joy in letting us know and and we get to see what our people are up to and we really do yeah. we pay attention to this stuff.
1: You yes, know? I check. I check. I, I don't always post stuff every day, but I check every day. Yeah. And the other <laughs>
0: ways that you can help us are leave us some reviews. Leave us reviews on your podcast apps. Leave us reviews on iTunes. You know, that those really do help us. The recommendations on Facebook, if you guys go to the our Facebook page, Alone with Invisible People, um, or Alone in a Room with Invisible People on Facebook, you can you can recommend us to other writers on our page, um if you want to support the podcast uh you know with a couple of bucks every now and then, you can go to coffee.com, that's ko-fi.com forward slash alone, or you can go to alone with invisible people, and on the top right hand there is a drop-down menu, and that gives you a couple of different options. You can also buy Holly's courses, Holly's clinics, Holly's big big classes. Um, if you buy through the affiliate links on our website alonewithinvisiblepeople.com then it doesn't cost you any extra and the podcast is financially supported a little bit with each purchase even at the $10 range and if you're interested in becoming an affiliate and you have taken Holly's classes Holly offers that as well so if you've taken some of her classes and you found help in them become an affiliate and then you can earn money as well so yeah I just wanted to mention that because I'm not the only one who is an affiliate. You can be an affiliate too. <laughs> so so yeah, join us. J- the best way to join us, to join the community, drop in, create an account, get some free courses, say hello, you know, join the forums and kind of, you can lurk a little bit and read what other people are writing and get comfortable, but come in and say hi, you know, yeah. tell us what you're doing. Ask us some questions. Or if there's something that you feel like we could have um, mentioned or you have another way of dealing with a problem, pop into the forums and give your own opinion because we eh, we're all different people and our brains work differently. So you might be able to help somebody out who just isn't clicking with with one of our answers on a topic.
1: Yeah, there is no one true way to write.
0: Yes. So what is the takeaway for today?
1: Okay. A novel is a balancing act between what you know in advance and what you discover on the fly. Give yourself opportunities to add unexpected surprise and delight in small ways while keeping your muse focused and on track with the core story plot. They're your core characters, your core conflict, and then the places where you have all of this room where you can just Play around a little and be surprised and excited and fall in love. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So if you still have any questions on this topic, if there's something that is a little bit more defined that you need help with, again, find this podcast episode f- uh, thread in our Alone with Invisible People forum on Holly's Writing com And kind of define your question a little bit further than this if, if we've managed to help you that's great if you have had this problem and you have a different way of of you know keeping track of those ideas or something like that you know put the answer put your your solution into the forums because it might help somebody else so yes absolutely we love <laughs> you guys it doing this podcast is so much fun i can't wait to do another one next week and we will
1: see you in the forums holly Absolutely remember that there is no one true way to do this, but that you can do this. Seriously. So, do it. Oh my God. The dog brought
0: in something to chew on. Oh, God. <laughs> something plastic and very clicky, and there goes another cat, and oh my fucking God! Oh, what is with today? I am having Tony build me the the bookshelf doors that he wants to build me.
1: Yeah, you need them. Yeah. You badly need them, and they need to have regular doorknobs. Yeah, and I will allow one cat in
0: a podcast episode, because this is ridiculous. Yeah. 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 <laughs> That's not helpful. That goes in the
1: podcast. <laughs> he copied <us. laughs> Hey, Tony.
0: <laughs> you said yeah, I said yeah, he said yeah. Yeah.